want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. All right, everyone, welcome back. Jen was here. And really excited to dive into this conversation today. This is a two-part episode with Tom Welsh, which is a dear client of ours at US Vet Wealth and also is a fellow podcaster. So let me just go ahead and dive into it. I bring on my guest host once again, Scott, Scott Tucker. He's my business partner and my husband, my life partner. (laughs) And I bring him on and he pretty much is leading this conversation. I always love when I get to take the back seat and have someone else lead in conversation. So thank you, Scott, for doing that. This is a two-part interview with After the Jag podcast, Tom Welsh. So Tom opens up by sharing his motivation to share success stories of judge advocates separating or retiring from the military. He credits Scott for his advice early on to start talking because no one is listening. And you'll understand more of what he means by that and how and why he was able to start his podcast in this conversation here. In the ending of this interview, for part one of this interview, Tom hints at the importance of networking as part of your career progression strategy. If you want to get a hold of Tom as you're listening to this conversation, be sure to check the show notes of this episode, or you can open up your browser, go to holdingonthefortspodcast.com. In the search bar, you want to search the numbers 162, that's episode 162 with Tom Welsh, and you will get all the show notes there, plus ways to contact him and all that fun stuff. So Tom, thank you. Thank you so much for being on our show. It was great to just, you know, be in the presence of a fellow podcaster. I always feel like my job is easier when I'm talking to other podcasters and my husband especially made it easier because he was leading the conversation. So I hope that you all get a ton of value from this, especially for our judge advocates separating or retiring from the military. This episode's for you, very specific, and I think it's also very inspirational. And with that said, also hang around in the post commentary after the outro music for some bonus content. And with that said, enjoy. All right. Well, I am incredibly excited to uh, come back here for for season seven of Holding Down the Fort podcast by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm Jen Amos, and I'm here actually with my husband, Scott R. Tucker, who's co-hosting with me today. So, Scott, welcome back to Holding Down the Fort. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. And we (laughs) are uh, incredibly excited because someone already just let out a deep deep exhale here. But this is actually, I'm really excited to be speaking with Tom Welsh today. I've heard great things about him. He also is a fellow podcaster. So I didn't do any prep for this because talking to fellow podcasters, like we just talk. So it's just going to be a very easy conversation. And so with that said, Tom, welcome to Holding on the Fort. Great to be here. The best advice I ever got was from Scott who said, Start talking because nobody's listening. <laughs> True. Absolutely. Nobody cares until they do. And it's like, unless yeah. you try, you're never going to find out. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, talking just helps you with your public speaking. I like to say that the best way to find your voice is use it because, you know, like what Scott says here, like no one's listening anyway. So you might as well use that opportunity to sharpen your craft and find your message. That's right. Yeah, we got to put in the reps. Like, any, like any sport or any talent that you're trying to improve. And that's what we see is a struggle of coming out of the military. It's like since there is no SOP of exactly kind of steps you what to do, you got to figure out how to put in your own reps and whatever the task might be. And this is just one way to communicate and get the word out about yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we dive in to our exciting conversation today, I thought I'd open up with a fun icebreaker question. So the question of the day, Tom, is what do your favorite shoes say about you? Ooh. <laughs> Wow. I'm going to ask Scott, too, because I feel like wow. Scott would give a great answer for this. But go ahead, Tom. <laughs> My favorite shoes. You know what? Easy to slip on and easy to kick off <laughs> because I'm lazy. <laughs> easy peasy, like sandals. <laughs> yeah. I'm not at the sketcher stage, but we're almost there. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, well, Scott, go ahead. And- <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's I saw got no joke at my gym the other day. Some guy walked in, just straight up steroided guy, just absolutely huge looking dude. And he had designer Crocs on. I mean, they okay. were nice. I mean, he was in tight jeans, tight shirt, like he was, you know, gold chain and everything. But then his shoes, he had white shoes. But I looked closer. I was like, they were Crocs. But they were those cool, like pointy ones. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it. But for me, not Crocs. For me, it'd be just no shoes, barefoot. Because how? Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Other, oh yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, what do they say? Is like if you're walking around in, in shoes all day, you're basically walking on plastic or something. You know, the whole world, the whole yeah. world's plastic. How, however, that quote goes. And I was like, well, yeah. There you go. And also, I found out that at the end of the day, if you take off your shoes and like your your feet are relieved to be out of the shoes, it means that your shoes are actually bad for your feet because they're like structured in a way to like mess up the bone structure down there. And, you know, like for women and heels, for example, you end up getting bunions because especially if you wear heels all the time. But anyway, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> bunions with bunions. That's your next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about going to the chiropractor for a whole year to fix those. But yeah, that'd be a conversation for that podcast show. But awesome. Well, Tom, you know, I've heard about you. I know that you are connected with Mike Wallace, who was uh, recently a guest on our show here as well with Holding Down the Fort. But I thought I'd ask you first and foremost, how do you and Scott know each other? And more importantly, like, how did you even know of him? (laughs) So let's start there. Yeah, it's funny you should ask him because I was thinking about this yesterday as as Scott and Mike were talking about their connection. Mm -hmm. And I think Scott and I linked up via LinkedIn well before we connected through or with Mm. Mike. And I don't remember that. I think Scott probably just reached out and I said, sure, okay, he looks trustworthy (laughs) and linked up with him. So this was before the whole U.S. vet wealth pitch or anything like that. Um, So Scott didn't approach me as, you know, as as a business opportunity. I think I arrived at wanting to learn more from him just by seeing his stuff and, you know, experience and talking to other people. And that's how we ended up sort of aligning. And then Mike was just a wonderful addition. Yeah, right. I was just looking at LinkedIn. We connected back in April of of 2019. So yeah, that was well before, you know, I just realizing, yeah, because when when the Blue Water thing came in, that kind of just took over the momentum of stuff. So no, thanks for reminding me that we, uh, we actually were talking well before that. That's right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was in Garmisch, Germany when we connected. Now I can almost I can almost see myself at my desk in the uh army housing there where my computer was. Like, yeah, you know, click yeah, sure. <laughs> right on. So what made Scott trustworthy? I'm always curious about that because it's like it's good feedback for the messaging we put out there. If you can recall, I know this is like a couple of years ago. Well, I think the first thing that that brings it is is his military connection. <laughs> I can't remember, but the fact that probably I looked and saw that he was a West Point grad, and I know that just because you go to a service academy doesn't mean you're, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. But I had a kid at the military academy <laughs> at the time. Still, I haven't talked to him since then. But anyway, you know, there's a certain amount of credibility that comes just with that brand, if you will. And I think I just checked out his profile. I was like, yeah, this is somebody I'm willing to connect with. There you go. Well done. Well done, Scott. I mean, yeah, having the West Point thing is is handy. But I also, I, I remember at the time, my LinkedIn profile, I remember, I, I think my quote was, I help the 1% who serve our country become the 1% who influence it. And people will kind of say, well, what does that mean? Intrigued. I was like, I don't know, but it seems more motivating because we always hear this whole, you know, you, you served your country, you're part of the 1% and then give me my handout. Where's all the things for free? Are there more? And it just, it's like when I, you know, notice people who are, have potential to, you know, be the high performing senior leader that they were on the, I mean, they were high performing senior leaders in the military. Why aren't we thinking about that in post-military life? And that's what's so cool about you know, not just Mike Wallace, but Tom doing the podcast and also being a realtor on the side. It's like, yeah, these are the types of retirees I want to be connected with because it's not just, you know, get, hey, where do I put my resume and get that next job and and just wait for another 20 years? You know, there, there's probably a, a phase for that time in life for most people who haven't had a chance to kind of jumpstart it like Tom did. So that's why it's like, ooh, you know, this is really exciting. Yeah. I would say, Scott, your quote, and I'm going through this. I just watched all three seasons. That's like a Ted Lasso quote. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you're the Ted Lasso of podcasting, man. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, for me, it's sort of an evolution in the sense that, you know, I never, I was at a stage where I could never imagine being out of the military, Mm. you know, when you're having fun and you have hair and you got the wind blowing through it, you're doing great stuff. But then you come to a point, as as a friend always said to me, everyone's a loser, the Navy just hasn't told you yet. At some point, you're going to be told you're a loser and you need to go home mm. or you're not going to get this job or it's not going to be fun. And so it's been a sort of an evolution of approaching that finish line and realizing that, okay, I'm only in my 50s. Mm. I still have a couple kids at home. This is not about going to the exchange and criticizing sailors for their uniform discrepancies. This is an opportunity to make some bank, to further set yourself and your family up for the next 10, 15, 20 years, whatever you have left in life. And you got to hit the ground running. And I think we go through a large segment of that trying to ignore it because we want to focus on the here and now that you really, like anything else, you have to embrace Mm -hmm. it and shape it the way you want it to be because the opportunities are not just going to present themselves to you like some kind of Hallmark movie. Yeah. I'm curious for you, Tom, when did you have that realization? Did you have it close to your transition or maybe years before? Because I feel like, you know, when we do talk to transitioning service members, it feels very rushed and and last minute. And so to have the mindset that you have, I I think it's quite fascinating. So when did that come for you? When did you have that realization? Yeah, I think coming out of Germany, I knew I was entering my last one to four years. And I thought, I remember saying, you know what, you got to spend one day a week 
doing transition. Call it Transition Tuesday mm. or Transition Thursday. And But the fact of the matter is I got into the day-to-day life and I didn't do it. And sort of COVID hits mm. and all of a sudden you've got all this time on your hand. You couldn't spend money except for Amazon. You couldn't go anywhere and you start looking around. And for me, the housing market was taking mm. off and I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to, you know, dibble in real estate. Here's my chance. And so I went out and got my license because I was bored and I had a few sales. And then just those other things of, and Mike, so Mike, well, let me back up. 2020 is when I got my license. Mm-hmm. Mike Wallace contacts me in, I think, April of 21. Hey, Tom, you know, I'm putting this, I got this Blue Water Advisors, you know, I think with your real estate, I'd like you to come by out and 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 so I went down to Norfolk and Mike's cohort really got me thinking. Mm. And I remember sitting there thinking, wow, this is really great. This is 10 times better than TAP. This is giving you the nuts and bolts. Pers- I've been to Rulin as well, uh, which I would talk about uniform, you know, clothes and talking about elevator speeches. But Mike was really focused one day. And I told Mike, and I'll tell us again, I like the idea that you have to pay because you have skin in the mm-hmm. game. You know, if it was if it was free, I think people would be like, okay, you know, it doesn't cost me anything. I can do this, not do this. I can show up, not do that. But when you've got skin in the game, you're like, okay, I'm making an investment. But I remember sitting there thinking how great this is. But then the caveat always comes in is, gee, this is great, but it really doesn't touch us jacks mm. because we are different mm-hmm. in our post-military career path is not the same as the people that have been doing other things. And you could say the same for doctors or dentists, for example. I wish there was something for us. And it was almost like this strange voice of saying, you could be that guy. Mm. And I came up with the idea of podcasts right in Mike's cohort, but I still put it off for a few months. I remember interviewing people in June and July, and then I sat on those interviews for six or seven Interesting. months. And- at some point, I had the conversation with Scott, and it was uh, it was really a fear fear of failure, mm. of putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, mm-hmm. and having nobody tune in. Mm. And Scott's comment of start talking because no one's listening really, really resonated with me. Like, okay, you might go out and talk in the ether. No one may hear you. If that happens, okay, you tried. You can quit after three or four episodes be done with it, move on with another good idea or not. And unfortunately, or fortunately, it just has kind of replicated itself. And I'm up to, I think, 20,000 listens now over 83 or 84 wow. episodes. So it just kind Amazing. of- And I'm now I'm at the point that I can't take a week <laughs> off because I'm afraid to stop the momentum. I mean, I did the Camino de Santiago oh, wow. last year- and I had I had to do a bunch of interviews, had them all mm. edited. And I remember we were leaving a place in um, in Spain one morning. It's like five o'clock in the morning, Spain. I had it all preloaded. I'm like, you know what? I'm releasing it now because I'm going to be on the road. I was in Germany in March and I had to do like five episodes because I was going to be tied up for four or five. Mm. Uh, I was Germany and then Korea. I had to have them all mm-hmm. lined up. So I'm afraid of stopping the momentum at this point. Yeah, that's amazing going from you know, talk because no one's listening to now. Oh, my goodness. I got to keep this momentum going. I got to make sure that I have, you know, an episode coming out every week or however, however frequent you publish it, because you don't want that momentum to die. 
Tom, tell us a little bit about your show. Like, who are you interviewing? Are you success stories? Are people going through trans, Jags going through transition or firm people at firms, maybe hiring? Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about who the audience is and who, who you serve. Yeah. So most of the people I've talked to are people that have successfully made the transition to something mm. else. I've talked to Scott, for example. I thought that was a part of the, uh, well, that's you, Scott. So, you know, I <laughs> talked to you. I've talked to you. I've talked to Mike Wallace. But these are things I think as we go through the career progression, the transition process, we need to think about. So most of them have been focused on success and, stories, people that have jumped from point A to point B, because I really believe that we don't know what we don't know. And there's you know probably thousands of judge advocates who have moved on and are doing something successfully. And here's their mm-hmm. story. I mean, if you take the DOD, the military lawyers, it's a pretty big law firm. And we have hundreds of people leave every year, which means there's thousands in firms and companies in government that can share that success story. But yet we have no infrastructure, no networking to bring those people together. So for me, it's a uh, platform to have those informational Mm -hmm. interviews that I was always afraid to do and just put them out there for other people to say, huh, I never thought of that. Or, hey, that's a great idea. Or, yeah, I knew that. Whatever the case may be, it's examples of judge advocates who are successful in the afterlife. And, you know, I've also talked to folks like executive coaches or Mm -hmm. career coaches. So I try to mix it up, but most of them have been people that have that have served and gone on. And it's mostly been retirees, but I've also talked to people who have left at a younger mm. age and either affiliated with the reserves or jumped out. And there's there's different demographics for each. I mean, somebody leaving the service at 30 or at 45 even have probably more opportunities or able to take a little bit more risk than someone such as myself that have served for 30 years and have a couple kids yeah. at home. And so that's where I've seen the value in in the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think being able to tell that success story, because I think when it comes to a career military family's transition, there's that big unknown in the civilian world. And there's that big fear of like, this is all I've known. This has been my life in the military. And to transition out, like, what could that look like? And I'm curious to know, Tom, if there's a common thread with all the people you've interviewed who you deem as like successful, they had successful transition. What was a a common thread you found for them to have made that successful transition? I'd say most of it's networking. You know, as I've interviewed people, they've had someone who has either understood what judge advocates do or were judge advocates themselves and are willing to take that risk. I've learned, for example, that just like everybody else, we want people that look like us. And so that's the same with whether it's a corporation or a law firm, when they advertise a billet, they want somebody that graduated law school and has been in a basement of a law firm doing the same scope of work, whatever it may be for years. And we know, okay, now the next move is to come over here and learning just how hard it is for us as a military, even at the lawyers, to break into the corporate world of the law firm world because we don't look like civilian Mm. lawyers. We have not specialized, most of us, in one particular thing, but have jumped from thing to thing to thing. 
And as we come in and say, yeah, we have a history of continuous learning, they want somebody they know that they can put in that seat and will know transactions or contracts or negotiations from the very start. And they're somewhat hesitant to take a risk on it. So the networking drumbeat is something that has has resounded very loud. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a reason why we're all talking today because of the networking opportunity that at least we all found here on LinkedIn to be here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, a couple of years, in 19, in fact, Scott, some guy from a company reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I saw your profile, you know, would you be interested? And I said, well, you know, I, it's going to take me a year to get off active duty. Forgot about it. And then someone I talked to yesterday after we got off is saying, you know, hey, if you're thinking about this, look at this company. Well, it's the same one and they've got a job advertised. Now, I think I'm going to be up against the same issue with networking, but it's like, okay, I reached out to that guy who said, yeah, I moved on, but these are the things that why it's important just to talk to people because Mm -hmm. you hear it again and again and again. You don't know where that little ball is going to end up and who's going to make that connection. Yeah, for I mean, you. the magic of LinkedIn, and, and this is what I was kind of screaming about back in 2019 when I was trying to encourage more people to be posting more often because, yeah, nobody's listening, but you're still showing up because the average CEO uh-huh. or, or person you want to be connected with, that person, the influencer at a company or, or other any sort of organization only has about a thousand connections on LinkedIn. And only about 1% of users on LinkedIn do any sort of active posting and stuff. So if you're connected with that person and doing some sort of posting, you're trying to be useful, but just the fact that they're more likely just to see your name pop up more often than not <laughs> is a way of networking. That That's that's just because in their yeah. network, you know, they may not know you or anything, but they're still going to see the name and the headline if you do, you do those things right. Hey, this is the modern world we're in. It's just that's the new or it's part of the resume process one way or the other, whether you like it or not. The highest paid people in any industry are those who are most well known. So, you know, we're not trying to become famous, but we got to compete in the in the you know, in the in the game that we're actually in versus I, I think what tends to happen is is people just getting out and saying, all right, what do I do next? Oh, I have to put my face up on LinkedIn. Okay, And then they just stop there. So how is how is, how have you used LinkedIn for your podcast? How, how are those things working for you? And and have you gotten anybody from your show that said, "Hey, you know, I've I've learned something and tied something together. I landed a job because of of the way you connected them." I did have one person come back. I mean, there's been a couple, I think, but one I'm thinking of Thomas Eibel, who landed a job at uh, T-Mobile. Uh, you know, he sent me a message early in January and said, hey, you know, I applied some of the stuff that you told me. And we were in a four block class together. So I had him on right away while the his story was fresh in his mind. And I've applied to T-Mobile a couple of times, but I'd also interviewed someone else at T-Mobile, another former JAG. And so, you know, I, I hear from people saying, yeah, you know, it's it's been helpful. But I've also heard from people who... Either they were a guest and they've had a number of people reach out of them, out to them from in the, out of the blue, which is what we're trying to do, or people that have have heard someone on the other end and reached out to them to ask questions and brought them, you know, their their post military career a little bit more in focus. Because as you guys were saying yesterday, trying to figure out what we want to do is a huge part of it. <laughs> I do want to make a, a comment, Tom, about 
like how going through TAP and, and your transition experience, you noticed that it wasn't necessarily designed for JAG officers. And and so I find it fascinating that you you saw this opportunity to fill in this void by creating this podcast. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of your your send like the calling to to create your show? Yeah. And so like I said, I came up with this idea during a Blue Water Advisors cohort. Mm-hmm. Still put it off for six months. And I kept waiting or anticipating for someone else to steal the mm, idea. Interesting. It just seems so simple and so right in front of me. Like, how come somebody hasn't done this yet? And so there was sort of a, a multifaceted perspective as I did this. One was, first of all, we think there's a magic time to to do, ha- start doing the the informational interviews. We think there's going to be a light that's going to go on. It says, okay, now start talking to people. And when left to our own devices, we don't do that. We keep putting it off. We keep finding excuses. So this was a forcing function for me to start holding those informational interviews. And again, knowing that others like me are not going to do it to make them available to other folks yeah. and to do that. And the other part of the perspective was, is something Scott alluded to earlier, was getting my name mm-hmm. out there, was getting my brand out there. And, you know, I, I don't have any specialties. I've kind of been a mutt as a as a judge advocate doing a little bit of everything. But now I'm known in, in JAG circles as sort of the podcast yeah. guy. And so now I'm having, you know, greater conversations and greater reach because of my podcast than I ever would if I was just going out and trying to apply for jobs and talk to people. Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm back. I'm just always here on time. Um, I hope you're enjoying my commentary throughout all of the season so far. I want to give you a, a little background info on how I was actually able to format this season. So in the past, we, well, I guess I'd say generally speaking in the past, we would, you know, typically publish the full interview of a guest. And so if someone, let's say, talked for an hour, we would publish the hour. We would publish that hour on our show. But one thing that I've really come to love nowadays with this season is every Mondays, we will release a full episode of a cohort member from the Rosie Network, like a graduate, an alumni, or someone connected to the Rosie Network. And then on Thursdays, we are releasing these two-part episodes where I have the fortune of interviewing people who are a part of the U.S. Vet Wealth community and team and be able to split it up. And I, I like that because 
I feel like I did a lot of interviews this summer and it's just really nice to split it up and not feel like I had to produce like a full interview every single time. And I think that this is just a good break in between the week, you know, from a full interview to a part interview. So that's typically what's happening on Thursdays, if you haven't noticed already, is we are releasing a two-part interview every single time. So as a recap, this was part one of Tom Welsh's interview. And for part two, you will be hearing him again next Thursday. So, so yeah, I really enjoyed organizing it that way and wanted to have, you know, a decent balance of, you know, the type of people we bring on our show. And I hope that so far you all are enjoying it. And again, above all else, you know, whether or not you decide to reach out to these people, hire any of them, hire us, whatever the case, I care more about you finding the motivation you need to do more than follow orders, to think outside of the box, and to manifest your dreams. (laughs) At this point, I've said manifest your dreams so much that I don't find it corny anymore. So there you go. Manifest your dreams, y'all. So with that being said, any additional content that I want to share will be available in our podcast portal. It is free for you to join. You can quit anytime. There is no commitment to staying on. If you just want to get a taste of what we have going on there, go to holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal, and I'll see you there. And with that said, thanks so much. And I'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.